everybody, it's, uh, it's a Mad Henry Cat, I'm Paul again. I'm John. And uh, in this, uh, this, this show is for uh, episode 11 uh, here in season 3, and it's called The Color Blue. And here, uh, Betty gets a little surprise in her spin cycle. The Br- no one is selling more than just crumpets. And of course, Kinsey's an ass. <laughs> and this episode starts out with uh, Betty and the maid talking. Um, just asking, you know, what's going on, and it, just kind of a little weird interaction before Don comes home, and Don says, you know, hey, I'm not spending the night here, and Betty's like, you work too hard, and he's like, I can't do anything about it, and promptly goes off to the teacher. And my thing is this, I, I, Betty's got to know. I mean, he's already been caught with his hand in the cookie jar once before, my friend. If your husband's well, not staying at home at night, it's not because he's right. working. I don't care who you are. Well, here's the thing, though, is, you know, she's got the history of, of Hilton calling at late night. You know, so he no, has a plausible alibi. Okay, and, and you can always say that you're staying in the city because it's a late night. Okay, all right, fine. But still, I mean, this is, this is a, a wife that has uh, some reason to be paranoid. She does. She does, but she also has, you know, she has every amenity that she wants. So she has reason to not be paranoid because she's, she's taken care of. You know, why, why rock the boat when you got what you need? Fair enough, John. So he goes to the teacher's house. Still, I don't get it, man. Well, I, I just didn't get the whole conversation about the color blue. Uh, did you get that when, when he's in with the teacher and they're talking about that? that well, just I, think, I think that's, what's, that's supposed to be what you find attractive about her or what he finds attractive about her is that she has all these kind of um, uh, pure and innocent things to say or experiences to give. All right. I mean, you know, because his, his answer comes back and his is very, you know, cold and calculated and you know, 45% of people see blue the way I see blue. Well, so, okay, just, it, just, just to fill in, she tells a story about uh, this little boy at school uh, asks her, how do I know that the color blue that I see is the same color that you see? Which is something I've wondered uh, most of my life. And uh, she, you know, she's like, oh, you know, he made me feel like I was five again, blah, 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 very sweet, lots of smalls, who cares? And then, like you said, Don, Don comes back with, uh, with you know, well, well, forty five percent of the people see blue the same way, and I, my job is about blah blah blah. Who cares? And then you know they go into this whole. I wish I would have known you when you were a little boy. And he's like, oh well, I would have liked you. I was just this stupid pillow talk, and nope. I don't I, see Don. Actually, I really, li- I like that though because that continues. That little exchange at the end showed his. I mean, he deflected like two or three comments by her, you know, because she said something about him when he was little. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying anything about him when he was little, he, he deflects and he's like, I would have liked you. 
Well, and I think that's something that he's so used to doing. He's so used to to uh, deflecting any information about himself. Right, and I, I think it's uh, it's very you know they did a good job of showing him doing that with what's coming up. You know how he just continues to deflect information about his past, uh, and he won't be able to do that for long. So then the but, next job, uh, you know, we leave. So we leave the bedroom and we go to the office where you know again Don is doing his advertising genius uh, with something called Aquanet, uh, some version of a hairspray. Are, are you use, Are you still using Aquanet? I know you did when we were kids. No, um, no, no. <laughs> um. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, this is this is Kinsey. Uh, uh, Don Don comes into the office. Kinsey and the other writers uh, are prepared to uh, do do a little presentation on what they've come up with so far for Aquanet. Right, and it's a nice little scene where they all sit down and they're gonna, you know, they're describing how they're in a car. And, this is uh, somebody's handkerchief flies off, and, and Don critiques it, saying too much is you know too much story, and uh, Peggy throws out a little wrinkle, saying, you know, well, what if we cut it down to just this? And, and Don's like, I like it, and so they leave the office, and and this is where I really think that like that group of uh, Kinsey and Crane are just just there for comic relief and to be stupid. Because <laughs> Kinsey barges in and is like, "What are you doing? You're his favorite. You're girl. Blah blah blah." Um, you know, it's like this Western Union thing. You're on your own, and storms out. Like, he, just he, kind of, he kind of accuses her of like just stealing his his glory. But I mean, that's who he is. He's a jackass. He he need he's not going to work with you with a team. He's not going to accept uh, some of the credit. He wants all the credit. Like, I mean, he's my he's he's. My least, one of my least favorite characters, and unfortunately, we share the same name, which makes me feel weird. <laughs> no, but he's a punk, and you know, kind of in, <laughs> mixed into that same uh, kind of getting away from from Kinsey, mixed into that same scene. You see the uh, the the English guy, uh, Mr. Lance Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, Lane Price. He's he's the guy that's overseeing for the English owners. Uh, his wife comes in, and you see how discontent she is with American living in the city of New York. And, wants to get back to London. She'd just gotten taken for a cab ride uh, and had the fare run up. Can I say and so this she's a very, Yeah. I like this guy, Lane. You know, I, I made a comment earlier that I did not, and, and I think over the last two episodes I've gotten he's grown on me a little he bit. He has grown on me. He's just trying, you know, he's just trying to do his job, man. And everybody's, everybody's on his back. His wife right. is all, this isn't London. Listen, lady, you should be happy it's not London. Right. No, I mean, I think he does, you know, he, he does a good job. Um, you know, just before his wife shows up, he makes a little comment as to, uh, you know, hey, now we know what makes Don Draper smile. $5,000. You know, I mean, it's just funny. I think it joke. takes more than $5,000 to make Don Draper smile. And and, no, a, school, no. and a school teacher. <laughs> hey. Oh. Mm. Ah. So, uh, you know, but she's very unhappy that they're there. Um, and he's, he's trying to calm her down. I thought he had a great smart-ass line, though. You know, he's like, uh, you know, what what am I to endure from you now? Um, you know, or is this just uh, is this just your malcontent, or is there actually a problem? Because I'm working. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he was very nice to her, though. I mean, that was that was about as rough as he got. Yeah, no, no. She actually, actually I thought it was hysterical because uh, his little his little assistant walks out of the room. 
and his wife is upset, and she's like, I hate him. He's such a toad. He, he is and, such a toad. That and he, guy. He, and he is. But Lane responds with, oh, yes, yes, he's such a toad. Well, toad, I don't think Great. anyone likes that guy, except himself. Oh, yes, yes. And maybe Absolutely. a few of the lonely uh, secretaries. Yeah. And so we, we move on from the toad back to teacher's house, where, um, again, the, the two co- the couples enthralled in, in, in rapture. And there's a knock at the door. What? Okay, I'm sorry. Passion, John. Passion. Right. Well, it's a. It's called a thesaurus, my friend. There's more words. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but anyways, there's a knock at the door. She answers, much to his dismay. And uh, apparently, there's a, a brother that teacher has that we didn't know. There is. There is a brother. I think. And uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, you know, this kind of stuff just sets her craziness up. You know what I mean? Like the fact that, okay, the brother comes to the door, uninspected, right? And, right. Uh, so she goes and answers, leaving Don in her room. And Don, uh, uh, Don, Don realizes when someone comes to the door and you are philandering, you get dressed and get out, right? Like he, he knows better. The more people that know, the more problem you have, all right? And so she comes back in the room, you know, after she answers the door and realizes it's her brother, and says, uh, "Where are you going?" He's like, uh, "There's somebody here. Take him out for five minutes, and I'll get out of here." And she's like, "No, I want you to meet him." And Don's like, "What? Are you?" Serious? I know. She said I mean, she it, wants him to meet him. Who I does mean, that? It, it, let's call a spade a spade, John. I mean, not, nothing can come of this relationship. Any any woman who's not insane would realize. That, uh, you know, uh, Don has a family, a house, a job, a reputation. He, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care how pure and innocent and stupid you are. Uh, he's not leaving his family for you, pal. No. I mean, and it was nuts. I want you here. Hey, I want my brother to meet the married man I'm sleeping with. Really? Really? Yeah. Really? It was weird. You know, and, and then... Like a hoe. I'm sorry. And then they do meet, which was awkward. Of course. And they have a quick interchange. Hey, nice um, to meet you. I just put my pants on. No. Pretty much. No. Yeah. Wow. You know, and the brother just woke up from having a seizure, and he's got a big bump on his head, so just just awkward all the huge, way around. Huge gash on his head. Yeah. But yeah. We don't really we don't really find out about the, sh- the the seizing until a little bit later, but it's clear that there's a, something a little off about this guy. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. But then, you know, then, then the, the story shifts back to the office. We got uh, Roger and Bert, the, the guys that used to own Sterling Cooper, the founders, that uh, are talking about kind of what the whole episode is leading toward, which is the 40th anniversary party of Sterling Cooper. And uh, neither one of them want to go. what I don't understand. Am, am I missing something? How can Bert, Bert, they, they make to seem like ancient, right? Right. And it's really funny because I, I worked at... I worked at this firm in town, and there was a guy like Bert, you know, okay. really old guy, yeah. kind of hung around. I don't know. He did just, you know, just talk to colleagues. I don't think he really did anything. But then you got Roger. He doesn't seem as old, so I don't under. I, am so, I missing something? You you are. Um, okay. <laughs> the, uh, the Sterling Cooper was founded by Cooper and Roger Sterling Senior. Okay. This is Junior that's in the show. That's 
That's what I was thinking. But at the same time, they kind of make it seem because the way they're talking in this conversation, they're talking about uh, old colleagues they used to work with and whatnot, and they're talking like they they know. You know, and maybe I mean Roger would know them through his father and whatnot. Exactly. But exactly, I think because I, I think that that actually comes out in a funny little story where Roger says. Um, you know, that one guy in the picture, he's still alive, but I wish he was dead because mm. he let me eat a roll full of laxatives and I thought they were candy. Oh, you know, I so see. I think that oh, kind of, I gotcha. Like when he was a kid. You know, he, he was around as a child, that group of people. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm apparently ridiculously slow. Thank you, John. No, no. I mean, that was, that was just really subtle. I thought it was a funny story. And it makes you know, sense. Think, now, thought, now that you say it in that context, I get it. Yeah. All right. So, but they're both just bemoaning it. Nobody wants to go to this uh, little party. Neither one of them, and and then it, then it moves moves on to uh, back to the home, back to the Draper residence, where uh, there's a little there's a little incident with the telephone. There's a hang up. Otherwise, you know, an innocuous event, uh, but that seems to come back and play out more in the show. This turns this turns out to be a huge a huge part of. Uh, a huge part of this episode, this this hang up phone call, which is yeah, I feel like they're each a bit a bit uh, preoccupied with this, but I guess it's just I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean they're 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 appropriately paranoid. They I mean, are. although Betty has Betty hasn't done a lot with with her creepy guy, um, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously, Don has a lot to be paranoid, especially with the way teacher talks to him. Yeah, I think that's what I was going to say. I think I, you could see him being a bit more paranoid in this case because she's insane. And I don't, I mean, I don't know. They don't show him promising her anything or telling her things that should make her seem uh, to believe that he's going to leave his family. But I don't know. Crazy. Indeed. Crazy. And then, you know, it moves right from that back to the office late night. We got crazy Kinsey and Peggy working in the evening trying to come up with an idea for western union advertising mm-hmm. uh you know peggy does her thing and leaves kinsey's getting drunk as a skunk uh, I mean, comes up I mean, with a great I, idea i don't know if there's children listening but if there are you shouldn't be but there's a part in that scene where kinsey is in his office and he shuts the door i don't know if he puts something it, it looks like he's going it looks like he's going to smoke weed again which would make sense right because it help, that helps him be more creative Right, rest, right. And he's done, it, he's done it before on the show. The rest of us, John, it's just a gateway drug, okay? Right. I, that's what the government says. <laughs> and, uh, but, but, uh, last time I checked, and I don't know, as I don't do this often, but I don't undo my pants to smoke weed. Well, maybe that's where he keeps the weed. <laughs> in his pants, in his crotch? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Bacteria free. Oh, man. Right. But, but, you know, but anyway, he comes up with this great idea, shares it with the janitor, and doesn't write it down. And, well, he doesn't actually you know, share it with the janitor. That's the thing. He wishes right, he well, had. Right, right, right. He has, he has the idea while talking to the janitor, mm-hmm. but we never hear it as the audience, and he never writes it down. And, of course, he's such an ass. He thinks it's genius, right? So he goes back, pours some more whiskey, and passes out on the couch. It probably wasn't genius at all. It was probably right, it was right. probably somewhere to the effects of uh... <laughs> something that Don would have laughed off. Exactly. But you know, I think the like the crux of the uh, the episode comes in the next scene. It's again late night. It's in the Draper residence, 
Don Draper is downstairs putting more money into his secret drawer in the den. The secret drawer. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but in the episode, he pulls the key for the drawer out of his briefcase. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the baby cries, you know that this is the episode where Betty finds out. As soon as the baby cries. What happened? Here's why. Because as soon as the baby cries, that throws him off of his little routine. And when he takes his key, he puts it into his robe instead of the briefcase. And, like, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, she's getting in the drawer this episode. Really? Because I, the, I guess so. Yeah, really. Because as, as, as soon as he did not put the key in his briefcase, John, I was like, so, this, this so is it. You're so perceptive. You know, and then, I, you know, we're, we'll skip a, just Be, kind of throwing ahead a couple of... cry, I was like, man, I wish that kid would shut up. Right, right, because that's what he was thinking. <laughs> and that's why he didn't do his routine. Fair enough, um, fair enough, John. And then, and then it's going to bounce around where, you know, in a, in another scene, Betty then grabs the robe and puts it in a in a, uh, a clothes basket. Mm-hmm. And then another scene, she puts it in the washing machine. And I don't know if you noticed, but in those two scenes, you can hear the clink oh, yeah. of the key. You can hear the key rattling around. And then she doesn't yep. actually hear the key until, as most of us do, in the uh, in the dryer, where it's uh, rattling right. around in the space that's in the dryer. Which I think is right. that's a very and clever. That's a very clever way to let that all come about. Right, and and uh, we're kind of getting a little bit, um, you know, ahead of ourselves here. Uh, we'll get back to the drawer in a minute. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, after Don uh, hears the baby cry, puts the key in the robe, we then go to the next morning where the teacher corners him on the train in like a real creepy moment. You know, he, he kind of slides her a piece of the paper, and like kind of talking to her on the sly. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, this was so for me. This was the moment where you're like, okay, the teacher's insane, and what's gonna happen in the next few episodes is that she's just gonna go like ESPN intern crazy. Yes, you know, yes, drive up to the house, run over some shit, leave a note, that kind of stuff. I couldn't agree more. I really thought that was gonna happen right there. You know, because um, that because actually it was on the train with Don's. Like, did you call my house? You know, were you the one that did the hang up? Paranoid. Because um, he's all he's starting to get a little paranoid. Oh sure, she's crazy. But, uh, but anyway, she said she's going to have the brother out of the house, and he says he's going to come over. So it seems like things are okay there. Um, and I, I got to say that they go from the train back to the office, and this was my funniest moment of the episode for me. Um, Lane, the British guy is practicing his speech for that night's uh, party. Mm-hmm. And, and he finishes, and he asks his little toady friend, he's like, how was it? And his, uh, John says, you know, very rousing, sir. And Lane says, rousing like Churchill or Hitler? I just thought that was fantastic. <laughs> and then the phone rings, and he doesn't answer. Right, right. And when uh, the phone no, rings, no. it's the, uh, it's the uh, folks it's from the- across the pond. Yeah, the big wigs. Harold and Sinjin. What's that guy's name? Uh, Sinjin? Sinjin. Sinjin. What a name. Yeah. Sinjin. Yeah. I'm naming my next pet Sinjin. All right. I don't know. That's that's perfect. They revealed oh. to Lane that, uh, in fact, uh, everyone, including Bert, needs to be at the 40th anniversary party because they're thinking about selling Sterling Cooper. And it's more than thinking about it. They 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 want to sell Sterling Cooper. They have an interested party, and they want to drive up the price. They want bidders for 
the company. Indeed, they do. And and I think this is where you really kind of feel for Lane. You know, you like Lane as as a guy because he's like, look, you know, I did a good job. They're doing a great job. Yeah. Why are you selling them? And uh, yeah, and as a true business person, that's like you know that's why we're selling them. Profits are up, cost is down. Yeah. You know, time to time to cash in. Yeah, and and you can't blame them. No, 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 not at all. But you know, so so Lane seems a little surprised. And uh, and then we bounce back to the Drapers, and Betty calls up uh, creepy Henry uh, about the hang-up. I gotta hand it to Henry in this scene because he's like serious, seriously, buddy, seriously, honestly, really, you're gonna call me now and you're gonna accuse me of hanging up the phone. Listen, if you're gonna call me, call me. If you're not, don't. Right. Is that I, thought, I, I agree. I thought that was handled well. They said goodbye. She and who like knows if real, we'll see? She looked like a real ass. Oh, she she looked like a junior high kid, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, she sounds but, like one so. Kid. And and who knows? We, I don't know if we'll be seeing that guy again or not. Mm-hmm. Um. But. Uh, um. Well, so then it's so, oh, of course oh. it bounces back to the office, where right. uh, and like, Lane goes to visit. Um, Bert. Bert. Bert Cooper. Yeah. And, and Bert has uh, another. Bert doesn't, oh, right. you know, as we know, Bert doesn't want to go to the 40th anniversary thing. And uh, Lane hits him where it hurts and says, listen, if you don't go, uh, people are going to think you're sick. And yeah. he's like, and he's like <laughs> how, did, how did you know I was vain? He's like, well. Oh, yeah. Well, come on. It's hard, not hard to tell. Not hard I, to but before, the, before that, he, he threw a couple of compliments his way. And, and, Bert, and Bert says, you sure do, you sure do pour on the honey. And then lick it right off. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That was a good quote. Indeed, indeed. But uh, but yeah, and then and then then right back to the house. Uh, Betty goes ahead and opens up the drawer, flips through the box, gets freaked out as you can understandably you know as you can understand. Um, waits up all night to confront Don. He never comes home. Never comes home. Because uh, he stays the night with teacher. In fact, he. Drives the teacher's brother halfway to his new job and lets him off. Again, just a weird interchange. Well, I think what's interesting, there's something to think about here. Because, uh, so the, the deal is, is the teacher's found her brother a job in uh, Massachusetts, Bedford. And uh, so she was going to drive him up there. And uh, Don says, listen, it's late. I don't want you to have to drive all the way back. She's like, that's, that's really nice of you. Thank you. So he gets in the car with the kid. Uh, on the way up, the kid's like, hey, don't you need some gas? And Don's like, no, we're, we can make it. And he's like, listen, fine. I, I, just let me out of the car. And Don's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I'm, listen, I'm not going to go push a broom and clean toilets the rest of my life and blah, blah, blah. And so finally Don relents and uh, he's going to let him out of the car because, I mean, the, the, ki- the kid's going to run away one way or another. So he might as well just let him out now. And so uh, Don says, listen, before you leave... I promised myself if I had to do this again, I'd do it right. It's like, if you need anything, here's my card. And he gave him a lot of cash. And I think what this was for, it was to remind us of the pain Don has from, I believe, season one or two. It could be season two, I'm not sure. Of his own brother coming to him for help. And not even so much for help, but just so much to be part of Don's life. And Don turning him away and regretting it immensely. Oh yeah, and that's yeah, what absolutely. I think. That's what this is. That I mean, you know, Don 
Don's remembering this, although he doesn't mention it. And uh, and you can definitely really see the uh, that interaction happening in his head, though. Absolutely. Indeed. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that we're going to see that character again. Mm-mm. You know, I, I don't I think, think so. I think that's, but that's I thought, exactly what it was for. Yeah. To kind of refresh uh, your memory of that. And, and also in, in the character to have Don, that come back to Don in a meaningful way. Right, right. You know, and so you see Don go into work the next morning, and first thing he calls Betty uh, to remind her about the party. Say she's look, you know, say he needs you to look good. And uh, I just thought that was so funny when she's like, "I don't know if I'm going to make it." And he says, "What's wrong?" And she does the whole, you know, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And then and then reverts to the, "I don't okay. feel good." So I just thought that was hysterical. Well, I mean, what's she going to say? Hey, I mean, she doesn't want to do it over the phone, though, you know. Right, right. But I, yeah, I just thought. You know the way it was handled was pretty funny, um, and uh, and you know so so then uh, you know he she gets stressed he gets stressed and I I really liked the ending um, of the episode where everybody's well before they get to the party you got three different limos of three different groups of unhappy people mm-hmm. um, you know that are all going to what's supposed to be a really big party and, you know you got you got Roger with his um, you got Roger with his apparently elderly senile mother mm-hmm. um and wife you got and, and and new young wife and you got don and betty uh who you know betty's steaming and then you got uh lane and his wife and and you know lane's feeling bad and his wife's uh thrilled at the possible prospect of going back to england sure um and i also wonder if lane is worried because Remember when they were gonna redo the structure before that guy got his foot cut they off? They were gonna send him to India. Um, India? No way! I don't want to so, go there now. I mean, no offense to anyone who's listening, but no, thank you. Right. I don't. So I don't know. know if he's, you know, because I'm sure he did not tell her that. So well, he might uh, you know, I wonder if he's thinking about that. Uh, one but, last uh, thing though, that happened in the episode before the episode closes here was uh, so Kinsey has to face up to not having to losing his idea. Oh yes. And it was really yes. amazing because Betty comes, uh, I'm sorry, Peggy comes in to get him. And Peggy says, uh, you know, let's go. And he's like, I have nothing. And she's like, yeah, mine's crap too. And he's like, no, I literally, I literally have nothing. I had it last night and it's gone. And then oh, he, she could not, he says, she could not have handled the whole thing better. Yes. It was incredible he, how wonderful she was. He says this key line. And do you remember what it was? I do. He said it was some kind of Chinese saying that the faintest ink is better than the best memory. And uh, so Peggy's, Peggy and him go in together, and uh, uh, Peggy, does Peggy say her idea? Maybe she does. And uh, then, Don, and then, um, and then uh, Kinsey has to say his, and he's just like, I don't have it, my dog ate my homework. And Don starts yelling at him, and Peggy stands up for him and says, don't yell at him. And Don's like, what? What was that? Yeah. And, uh, so she's like, just tell him. And so uh, he tells him. And then Peggy says, you know, you said something in the faint to sink thing. And they all kind of work on that to come up with a, um, a, um, a direction. Yeah. For, for the client. So, I mean, let's hand it to Peggy for just being awesome. Absolutely. And still unbelievably weird. Right. And, and, and Kinsey's still an ass. Indeed. Indeed. That, that will never stop. No, but then, you know, then the, the episode wraps up uh, at this banquet hall. Everybody's there. Uh, I really liked how, 
how Roger was introducing Don, you know, saying that uh, he's going to make Don wait because Don's made every one of them wait. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of poke, taking a couple little fun pokes at him mm-hmm. and uh, introduces him in that uproarious applause. And uh, Don's standing there with this giant smile, you know, thanking people. And it's just, it's amazing that, you know, he's standing there in the middle of all his glory and, and praise and accolades, and he has no idea um, of the, both the professional and personal storms that are brewing uh, just just on the other side of this door. Professional and personal storms. John, well done. I'm sorry, well, I, have to call that, I have to call that out for being, for being pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I thought it was a great end. It, it, it's probably the one episode where I was most on my the edge of my seat. You know, like is Betsy going to stand up and call him out in the in front of everybody at the party? You know, like you said, is the teacher going to come in and and start throwing stuff at the house? Um, yeah, I mean, if there's one thing we know, it's that Betty is a little too gutless to ever do anything. Um, I mean, it shows that you know she has she may get very upset. But she's she's far too gutless to ever do something you know uh, crazy. Uh, the most she could do is confront Don at home. Uh, but right. yeah, she couldn't. I don't. I don't think she would. Have, she knows well enough not to mess with his business. Yeah, but you know, I mean, just with with that, with the threat of the sale uh, looming. There's you know, a, there's I just thought lot. it was it was a great it was a great cliffhanging like to be continued type of episode there's a lot to come john really enjoyed i can't wait only three episodes left is that right that is right edge of your seat john edge of your seat it's it's so far it's shaping up to be because i gotta say i was a little uh, you know i was a little wary after episode one of the season and uh so far i've been just very pleased with I how it's episode, gone i thought episode one was pretty good i gotta be honest with you I, we, we can disagree there. We can, John. We'll agree to disagree, in fact. Well, listen, uh, we got to wrap it up. It's almost been 30 minutes. We try to keep this to 20, folks. But listen, uh, there's, like I said, three more episodes to come. John and I will be doing all three of them. So if you're on the edge of your seat like we are, join us back here uh, for, the, for the next episode. That was a great show. It was indeed, John, and I look forward to talking to you about the next one. As do I. All right, man. Take care. Have a good week, pal. All right. Yeah, bye. bye.